Welcome to Rooted. I'm Sam, a new age business strategist and coach for solopreneurs rooted in soul. In this podcast, you will be a part of conversations with incredible solopreneurs that know exactly where you are and are here to help guide you to where you want to be. Subscribe, rate, and review to ensure you never miss an episode. And keep the conversation going by following me on Instagram at Rooted with Sam. I'll see you inside. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Rooted. I'm so happy that you're here. And I am really excited to dive into today's episode with all of you. It is with my wonderful, incredibly talented, beautiful human being and friend, Ariel Corey. Ariel is an author. She is a cosmic channel and she is the usher of spirit. On Ariel's website, she says, welcome to this sacred space. And I fully believe and feel that every time I'm in her energy, she really does help you feel at home and safe and comfortable and excited and a little euphoric. She offers channeled readings, course creations, guided meditations, which you will definitely hear me fangirl over in this episode. I absolutely love her meditations. They have helped me truly drop deeper and feel very held. It's difficult to describe because I do feel like the meditative state is so different for everybody. I used to get really frustrated when I would hear people just say, oh, you just drop in and you know, you just meditate. You just forget about everything. I'm sure (laughs) that sounds like nice, but it doesn't happen to me. I have squirrel brain and I'm constantly thinking about all the things on my to-do list. So it's really difficult for me to just drop into a meditation. But there's something about Ariel that guides you slowly but surely into this deep, calming space with her voice and the music and everything. And we talk more about that in this episode. But truthfully, I don't know what to tell you to expect. (laughs) I feel like this episode is really going to hit home for some people and other people might just not be into it. And that's okay. I think that's something really important that Ariel has taught me through her courses. I'm currently taking Cosmic Immersion and it's helping me realize and understand that we all are different And I know that seems really simple to say, but at our core, we'll identify and we'll recognize and we'll feel connected to different things. And that's okay. And I think for a long time, I felt like I had to prove and force people to understand me and understand my interests. And through this Cosmic Immersion course, which is still available You can definitely sign up for it, as she mentions in this episode. Through this course, I've really learned that I am allowed to be my own human and what I want, if it's different from everybody else, it's different from you, it's different from the person next to you, it's different from Ariel, that doesn't make it wrong. It just makes it mine. And I think throughout really entirety of this episode, just through her voice and how she speaks, she makes things so tangible and so understandable. Things we talk about... We're talking about like Pleiadians and we're talking about astral travel and projecting visions through your third eye and things that some people might find a little uncomfortable or just different. And I love that about this episode because it's going to help open your eyes and open your mind and open your third eye to all the amazing possibilities and all the different dimensions and frequencies and energies and vibrations that are part of each one of us and that also surround us. So I highly recommend diving deep into this episode and letting yourself go wherever you go. Ask questions, journal afterwards, but definitely take time to reach out to Ariel on social media 
She is Ariel, the Cosmic Channel on Instagram. And you can also head over to her website to see all of her amazing offerings, her cosmic creations, the advisory series she offers. I personally love the inner child meditation as well as the Aquatic Awakening Meditation. And her website is arielcoreco.com. So make sure that you show her some love, show her some support, and allow yourself to be overtaken by this episode because it's a really, really good one. Sometimes you're just a little too close to your business to be able to see the full picture. And that's why I offer 90-minute one-on-one calls that I like to describe as a deep dive because we go deep. (laughs) We go into every area of your business, all of your goals, desires, and wants, where you feel stuck, what you're struggling with. We lay it all out on the table and we design a strategy specific to you, which is what I think is really special about these calls. Not only is it 90 minutes, you also have two weeks of Voxer support and one call to use within six months of our original call. Because stuff comes up, things change, people shift, businesses shift, new ideas come about, and I totally understand that. As a fellow solopreneur who's shifted her business multiple times, I think this is probably one of my favorite things that I offer because in just 90 minutes, you can have an entire business plan redesigned specific to you and your desires and wants. If you're interested in a deep dive call with me, please follow the link in the show notes. It'll take you to an application where I will be able to make sure I can support you and your vision and where you are and where you want to go. I'm really excited that you're here and I'm so excited to learn more about you know, we work together and we are like Instagram friends and we've met in real life twice now, but I feel like there's still so much to uncover and learn about you and who you are like at a soul level, but also just as a human being. I feel like as solopreneurs and especially highly intuitive ones, we have this tendency to like forget that we're just people at the end of the day. So I'd love to learn more about you as a human, but you also as a channel. And I think to start, it'd probably be good to just help the audience understand when I say you're a channel, what does that mean in your words? Yeah. So I'm excited to be here first and foremost and Instagram friends. Yes. Real life friends also. So I'll just add that in there, but what does it mean to be a channel? So for me, it's really serving as a bridge for the souls of this realm and serving as a conduit and delivering frequencies and messages from other worlds. So within the channel space, there are people that channel people that have passed away, your loved ones, things of that nature. That's not really what I do. I channel galactic beings and frequencies and messages of the multiverse. So I consider myself an usher of spirit and a cultivator of sovereignty and spiritual discernment. I love that. (laughs) That's that's beautiful. How did you realize that this was a gift of yours? So it started with automatic writing, which people definitely have a love-hate relationship with. I've actually incorporated it into a lot of my private one-on-one containers, programs, things of that nature in my business and helped people fall in love with it. Essentially, it's journaling, but you have no prompt and you're just bypassing the conscious mind, the logical mind and tapping into what I refer to as the super conscious. So journaling has been something that I've had a relationship with for the majority of my life. It's something that I do, I guess, in place of therapy a lot of times. I 
like to just work through things on my own. It may be my human design or just my nature in general. But this past year, going through the first year of postpartum, also the pandemic, also a lot of unearthing and soul healing on my end, I turned to journaling a lot. And it was through my journaling process, I made it a point to sit down and journal every morning before my logical mind came on, before I had to be a mom, before I had to be an employee. And through reading back during uh, this time, looking at my journal entries, I realized that that time of day when I was journaling, it wasn't my typical voice. It wasn't the common words that I normally use speaking to one another or just journaling in a conscious sense. So reading back through it, I started highlighting and pulling out these sentences and pieces of what I was writing that felt not organic to me. And that's when I knew, okay, something's going on. I've always known I've been intuitive, but the channeling aspect, I could never really pinpoint that well. So it started with automatic writing and now I've moved more into trans channeling now that I know who I'm talking to and what the frequency is, making sure that it's of the highest light and all of that. How do you determine that it's of the highest light? How do you determine who you're talking to or who's talking through you? How does that, to me, that's just like my mind is, you know, I'm intuitive, but not maybe to that level. I just haven't worked on it, but there's so many questions that I have in this. So I'll just stop there with those ones. (laughs) Yeah. So asking, asking who you're talking with is the first thing I have met several of, I refer to them as guides. They are really like the representatives of specific beings and species that I work with. The first being that I encountered was um, the Arcturians. And then from there, the Syrians. I have done astral travel and training with the Pleiadians, but that's not really one of the guides that comes through for me. And then most frequently, the ACHF elder. So the three that I work with most frequently is Nala. She's from Sirius. So she's Syrian. She's shape-shifting, badass goddess, and so beautiful. She sort of dabbles between being humanoid looking, a little androgynous, and a mountain lion. So she's actually one of the first that came through. The Arcturians, while they came through first, they really held off on giving a name. They're very big in, you know, not identifying with gender, not identifying with one particular individual. They're like, we're representing all of the Arcturians, so you don't get a name. Um, But most recently, that name has been revealed to me as Kai. And then the ACHF elder that I work with is Zamir. And he and I guard the 16th regimented portal in the ninth dimension. So really just asking as far as if you know if it's of the highest light, if you're someone who is sensitive to energy and you're sort of in this field anyway, you'll know pretty quickly if it's good energy or not. But there are definitely, especially right now, a lot of people that or beings or frequencies that enter in and sort of trick you into thinking they're of the light energy. And that's where the spiritual discernment piece comes in. So that's where when I'm working with my clients, letting them know the importance of boundaries of protection, when you start astral traveling and channeling things of that nature, those are super important. I am way better at holding the boundary firm in the non 3d world than I am in my human. So 
just really trusting yourself using that spiritual discernment and commanding that only the highest frequency, only the frequency of light comes through creating that sacred space. Every time you open your channel, every time you meditate, laying that layer of protection, calling in your guides, things of that nature. You mentioned astral travel and you've shared with me and Kaylee and Abby a little bit about what this looks like and feels like for you. But before you did that, the only really idea that I had of astral travel, and this is kind of embarrassing, was from the new chilling adventures of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Nice. (laughs) When they astral travel. And I feel like there's like a lot that goes into that. I guess what is astral travel? And how did you come to find out that that's what you were doing? There's many different theories on what astral travel is. I'll just speak to what I believe it is. And in my personal opinion, astral travel and lucid dreaming are one in the same. It's really just your level of comfortability with being open to the astral travel piece. Some people are far more comfortable just calling it lucid dreaming, dreaming that feels like it's real life, but you know that you're dreaming. So for me, how did I know it was happening? I've always had pretty vivid dreams. Lucid dreams is what I called it for, I guess, the first 30 years of my life up until recently. And then I moved into astral travel verbiage. And what really shifted for me was two things. One, I was in the dream, but I was very conscious in the dream and questioning everything that was happening in the dream. And I was very aware of what was going on. Like, why am I here? And Who is this person really? And what am I supposed to be doing here? And is this earth or not earth? Because it's winter, but I'm not seeing anybody's breath. And they look human, but a little bit different than the human that we're used to in this world. And coming back to my body, waking up in the morning and having the dream really stick with me in a different way than just, I had this dream and I met up with this friend and had coffee. It was very analytical in my mind and me trying to really piece it together waking up feeling so disoriented, dizzy, nauseous, just feeling like not fully back in my body, which makes sense when you're astral traveling and it's not any longer me just sort of going to one place, having an astral experience and then returning home. As I mentioned, I guard a portal. So I have jobs off planet. So I'm working all through the night and then coming home and then needing to turn my human on right away, hopping into my corporate job at 630 in the morning, being a mom. And that's really disorienting. So I've had to make sure that I'm waking up far earlier than I need to so that I can recalibrate into the 3D realm and my body and things of that nature. What really clicked for me in terms of astral travel, in addition to questioning everything and just being far more observant and aware and tuned in during the actual dream experience was when I was returning to my body, when the energy body returns home to the physical body. So your energy body is the one that's out there traveling in the astral realm, having all these experiences. When it returns back to the physical body, oftentimes people will have different sensations. So the falling dream that people refer to, where you feel like you're falling and then it sort of jolts you awake. If you don't allow it to fully wake you, that's actually a sign that either your energy body is leaving your physical body or it's returning home after the travel. So that's a sign. For me, what happened was a gunshot sound. 
And that was essentially my energy body returning home through my third eye and clicking back into my physical body. And that was really disorienting because your physical senses hear and feel the gunshot sound. It's very close to your head. It was quite disorienting because no one else in my home was hearing what I was hearing. And that's when I really had to turn inward, talk to my guides, reach out to some friends who are in a similar space and sort of figure out what the hell is happening. And it was a very clear feeling in my body. And then also sense from other trusted individuals in my life that it was my body returning home. So, and I sense with cosmic advisory students who are starting to astral travel that I'm working with sort of training and getting them used to the experience. They too will message me and they'll say, Oh, I heard the gunshot. So it's, it's pretty cool. Wow. So a lot just came up for me, like in my head, some of the words that you were saying, I was like, Oh my God. When I was younger, my mom would laugh because we'd get up before school, like probably several hours before I'd have to actually start getting ready because I would start sitting in bed when she'd wake me up and tell her all about my dreams. And like so detailed, so detailed. Whenever I dream, I don't actually see through my own eyes. I see above myself. Mm -hmm. And so I'd always like watch myself in my dreams. And that's kind of what got me. I was like, wait, I'm there, but I'm also here and I know I'm there. That's interesting. Yeah. Yep. And you also can astral travel even while you're going about your day working being awake, which is interesting. I can feel when my energy body goes somewhere. And in that moment, I say to myself, okay, you go have your experience, but then come back or no, no, no. We need to be sort of all in here in this realm right now. So rein it in. Do you see from your own eyes? So I see through my mind's eye for my entire life. I think I mentioned this to you when we were getting coffee, when I close my eyes, I see black. And I always thought that that just meant, oh, I'm not clairvoyant. I don't see visions. When I meditate, it's hard for me to visualize, but I was actually trying really hard to look through my human eyes and through working with beings and my guides. They, one of the huge messages about the problem with humanity is that we rely too heavily on the physical eye, on the human eye, and that the whole world shifts and expands and evolves when we start looking through the mind's eye. So people may refer to it as the third eye, but I tend to project and see and observe and sort of pick up things through my mind's eye. And that's really allowed my psychic gifts to come on board without the doubt and the limitation of, I see black when I close my eyes. Hmm. How do you train yourself to open that up? So the way I did it was in the astral realm at a Pleiadian they refer to it as a compound that I went through several months of training at. And there was actually this one room where we were practicing projecting images from our mind's eye and the other energy bodies that were there from this realm were trying to be able to decipher what you were projecting from your third eye. So it's something that I learned off planet and brought home. But I would say if you're not actively in the astral realm training in that way, how to open it would just to be when you close your eyes, taking your actual eyesight up to where your third eye is and try looking at and in and through that area versus just looking through your closed eyelids. There are other different massage techniques that I use. ACHF can, in particular, if I work on the third eye area, can open that. I will say that Oftentimes, if there's 
suppressed trauma at an early age, that's the first thing to shut off. So during any psychic development, just being really gentle with yourself and know that when that opens, a lot of things can come on board, not just your psychic gifts, the human things that you didn't want to look at or face or maybe the things you didn't even have conscious memory of that in part is what has added to really wild year for me was all of this coming on board in a new way and consciously choosing from an empowered state every single day. I want to stay open and knowing that some painful things may come up, but that's my opportunity to clear and deal with and look at and move into a fully awakened state. You've mentioned ACHF a few times. Mm -hmm. Do you want to dive into that? Yes. I am the founder of ACHF. It is the acronym stands for the Aquila Celestial Healing Frequency. It comes from the 9D and it's something that I've actually been doing for about six to eight months now with clients without knowing what exactly it was called. It's something that I always awkwardly referred to as, you know, Reiki and they would say yes. And I would say, so it's not really at all like Reiki. But if you know Reiki, then it's sort of in that same hub, but less 3D and more celestial. They were like, okay, all I know is that I feel amazing after our sessions. So just keep doing what you're doing. And it wasn't until I was actually working. It was a Tuesday morning and I had the previous two nights been astral traveling and Zamir introduced himself to me and he came out of the portal that I guard and he kept going around me saying, Akila, Akila, Akila. And I just kept thinking, okay, maybe, maybe I have an astral name. Maybe that's just, maybe I am Akila. And I didn't really think much about it. And then a couple of days went by and it kept happening in my astral travel and I was working and all of a sudden I just received sort of a clear cognizant message where it just popped into my brain and it came through as Akila Celestial Healing Frequency. And the first letter of each word was huge. So I was like, okay, ACHF. And I grabbed my computer and I just wrote down every single channeled piece that came through, where the frequency came from, how I use it. And it all made sense because every session that I had given prior, I noticed that my left hand stayed still and I sort of did this dance almost with my right hand and my left hand would always be really, really cold at the end and my right hand would be really warm. And I was just like, I don't know what this is, but it feels of the highest light of the highest frequency. People are having amazing experiences with it. So we're just going to ride it out. And it wasn't until I read what had channeled through me writing it, actually wrote it right on my website and hit publish and was like, this just has to be out there. And then once I published it, that's when I sat down and read through it again. And I realized the magnitude of what I had been working with and the gift it is to be chosen to be the one to bring it to this world. But also the bigness of that scared the shit out of me because I'm like, how do you share this? And what am I supposed to do with it? So I'm still figuring that part out, but it is a powerful miracle-based healing frequency that I work with that activates dormant cellular structures and energy centers. It clears any blockages and really just activates your entire beings, all of your bodies, and it's literally out of this world. Literally, it is. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't come from this world. It's it's like Reiki on crack. It, I mean, it's it's amazing. 
I love how Reiki is like the gateway drug to all of this other like transformative healing. And that's amazing. It's so cosmically timed in terms of its arrival to this earth because there's a shift. There's a shift that has been coming, but it's now it's here. If you're wondering, it's already arrived and we're moving into this new earth. And part of what we need going forward are modalities that are a higher frequency because humanity is becoming a higher frequency. So while it's scary to be the one to bring that to earth, it's also like, who am I to stand in the way of it coming here at this time? Part of channeling is you don't get to analyze, you don't get to filter, you just deliver what comes through and trust it. When you say like higher frequency, is that what you mean when you're talking about 9D and yes. kind of how everyone's saying like 5D, 3D? Can you maybe help us understand the difference between the Ds? So this is something that makes perfect sense in my brain and I'm still struggling with putting the words that has it make sense logically, which happens with pretty much anything cosmic, anything in the multiverse. Your body knows the frequency of truth it feels that resonance. And then the logical mind is like, but there are no words for that. So it can't be true. And then it's this weird dance between, do I trust my body? Do I trust the energy that I'm getting? Or do I question it? And because there's no clear answer that I can receive on Google or whatever, it therefore is not true. So the best way that I can sort of describe it is the 3D is this earth. So think of the tangible, think of the basic human experience. From there, there are different sections, layers, areas in the multiverse that vibrate at a higher frequency that dictate the dimension. So I don't work a ton with 5D, 7D. I'm particular in the ninth dimension. And what that has shown itself to be for me is the dimension where all energy is freely and organically drawn from the source of energy used and then returned directly to the source. So it is higher consciousness, super consciousness versus subconscious or the logical conscious mind. It is a lot less dense. So energy travels and moves and shifts a lot faster. It's essentially just a higher experience of life, more vast than this one. There's a wider range of emotion a wider availability of information, of wisdom, of healing. It's sort of euphoric, I would mm -hmm. say. That's a good word for it. I feel like that's kind of the vibration that I sense from it is like mm -hmm. a euphoria in a way. Yeah. Now, let's just say someone's super interested in diving deeper into other dimensions, mm -hmm. whether it's just out of interest or for healing purposes, self-betterment, etc. How would you advise them to do so. My guided meditations are the 9D in a meditation. The ACHF best. is a taste of the 9D. So finding different healers, whether it's on Instagram or online or through friends who work with that specific frequency. I know Christina, the channel works in 7D. So finding those people that soak their entire being in that particular dimension and paying attention to the way they speak, the energy that they give off when you're around them, the 
offerings that they're channeling through and providing to this realm. But I would just say the biggest piece is figuring out how you in particular can bypass the logical mind because that's where the automatic writing piece came in for me. When I was just meditating without the automatic writing piece, I would find that I would be pulled back down into the 3D really quickly. The I have other things to do, other responsibilities, I can't fully drop in, things of that nature. Being able to bypass it for me was at first not talking out loud because my subconscious and my logical and my 3D was like, no, that's too expansive. Come back. Come back to the limiting existence of humanity. Don't explore too far. Don't go too far. It was sort of like I was tethered and if I was talking out loud, I wasn't able to sort of travel as far into the depths of what I was experiencing in my more meditative states. So Whatever you have to do to bypass the logical mind, if that's a guided meditation versus just sitting there and having your thoughts bounce around and hearing a car drive by. And now you're thinking about your car needing an oil change or constantly checking the clock, just however you can really tap in. My friend, Emily, most people know her as Emily the Medium, got me into Kundalini yoga. We meditate almost every day together doing different kundalini meditations and just really allowing the energy of the multiverse to flow through you, but also recognizing that you are the holder of your own energy and you can allow that to rise or not and sort of pushing through the blockages, energy healing work. I mean, there's so many ways that you can start, but the way I started, I guess, was through automatic writing coupled with meditations. I'm going to dive into your meditations in like two seconds because you know I'm like the biggest fangirl of them. <laughs> but something that I think could be helpful, and I know this might be difficult to answer, but I feel like I have a pretty good judge of energy of other people. So for me to be, you know, let's just use Instagram because that's basically a search engine at this point. If I'm searching for someone who works in, say, the 70, and I'm going through and I'm trying to find somebody, but I don't have a good energy read on people, how would I know if what they're saying is true? And if they really are having those connections and those experiences and have access to those things or if they're just saying they are. I'm, I think a lot about like fake shamans in Tulum mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. sometimes you just don't know. So with me, I'm like, I can sense an energy and I'm just like, eh, this isn't for me. I'm not vibing with it. And I think a gut check is always good. But for someone who's like, wow, this is a lot of information and a little overwhelming, I'm just going to go on Instagram and find somebody to work with. I guess the question would be like, how do you know if they're legit? Yeah. So it's a big discernment piece. And I am in the thought pool of everyone can pick up on energy. I think everyone has an intuitive ability within them. It's just a matter of two things. One, can you hear it? And two, are you actually then listening to it? So even if you don't think you're an energy person, pay attention to even how your thoughts feel after spending time on their page, how you're going about your day. Are you in like a lower, I feel lost, I feel dark, I feel confused, I don't know what I want, I don't know what's true and what's not. Like if you're really feeling not inspired and more so in that depressive shame, guilt, doubt, fear frequency, then more times than not, you probably picked that up from wherever you were just spending time on whatever social media page you were looking at, person that you were around, energy that you were around, whether or not you coin yourself as an intuitive, that's how our auric field works. That's how our energy works. It's constantly picking up on different frequencies. 
So one of the healers that I see and work with an energy teacher, oftentimes the session will start and he'll say, oh, I, there's depression in your field. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I feel that. And then he'll say, that's not yours though, is it? I'm like, I don't think so because I can't pinpoint what I'm feeling depressed about. I can't pinpoint why I'm feeling so dark, why I'm feeling so low, why I'm feeling so lost in a sea of life and just meh. That's your sign that it came from someone else. So the next question is, who have you been around? If you haven't been around anybody, then what pages have you been on? What podcasts have you been listening to? Really looking at all of the different areas that you can pick up energy. What TV shows have you just been watching? Have you been watching the news for 10 hours and now you're feeling gross? Well, there's your thing. So really paying attention to how you're feeling after spending time on that page, after digesting their content. And then also taking a look at their followers, their followers, who they're following, just sort of trying to dissect who they are as a person. Unfortunately, with multidimensionality, with the cosmic stuff, it's it's still scary to be a part of it because you're like, are people going to think I'm crazy? But it's also becoming sort of a trend thing where you see everyone's using the multidimensional being emoji, the alien emoji or the UFO emoji. And you're like, that doesn't really match the rest of who you seem to be. So looking for areas that don't really seem like they fit would be another thing. While recognizing that a spiritual awakening can happen seemingly out of the blue on Instagram. I mean, this was happening behind the scenes for me for a long time. And it wasn't until really 2021 that I was like, okay, I can't keep hiding this as I do Oracle card readings and I like energy. Like I need to really step into who I am because I was feeling really depressed because I wasn't honoring my truth. So I think the human body and mind really does recognize the frequency of truth. And we've just gotten very good at pretending like we don't know because that feels safe for some reason to not know and have everyone else tell you, but you know. I agree with you. I think a lot of people, they just like we use being busy Mm -hmm. as an excuse or as a a tactic of avoidance for just our lives. It's the same thing when it comes to like vibe checks or energy, just feeling other people's energy. We can put up walls around us when we don't want to, but we're still actually doing it on purpose. Yeah. It's wild. Okay. So like I said earlier, I'm a huge fan of your meditations. They're literally the best. And I'm okay. So anyone who listens to this or who maybe follows me on Instagram knows that I love meditations. I'm like the woo girl from a small town. So I'm known in my town as like, she's just a little different and that's okay. Um, But meditations are something that's really big. I did like a little bit of Kundalini and it wasn't really my thing. So I kept searching for other types of, you know, yoga or meditative work. And there's one, the Sata Nama. Mm -hmm. And that was like my go-to because it was a system. It was like, I just could just drop into it. No problem. And after probably I'd say a year to maybe a year and a half of doing that I just stopped and I didn't go back to it and maybe like two or three months later you were like hey do you want to try this meditation out I just made it and I was like okay and I am not one who normally follows a guided meditation but Mm -hmm. with yours I have never dropped so quickly into my body and I have a very 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 difficult time leaving my mind like leaving my head and getting into my actual body and I just do and to the point where sometimes I just like totally clonk out in your meditations. 
So anyone who needs to like take a nap or take a breath or a beat or whatever you got to do, I feel like they're all, you know, they're all a little bit different. They all give you a little bit of a different feeling afterwards. But some of them I fall asleep in. Some of them I feel refreshed and ready for the rest of my day because I usually do it around like between one and three in the afternoon. And others I'm just like, I know my purpose. (laughs) Like Now I know why I'm alive, why I'm here. And they're just so helpful. And there's so many different ones. So they're super affordable. Everyone literally right now pause and go onto Ariel's website and buy all of the meditations because you'll need every single one of them for different points in your life and points in your day, honestly. So I just wanted to make sure I shared that with everyone because they really truly have been wonderful. Thank you. That's awesome. They're really fun to make. They were just a part of one of the courses that I offer called Emergence, which is a three-month online container. And the first one that I recorded, I was like, oh, this needs to be available to the general public, not just the people in this particular program. None of them are written down. Nothing that I do is ever pre-scripted or pre-planned. I just sort of open my channel and hit record, whether it's a podcast or a program that I'm creating. I just really trust that what's coming through me is needed for even just one person out there. So the meditation was really cool to record because I hit record and I was like, okay, I guess what should we say? What should the meditation be about? And all of them tend to be around 15 minutes and 28 seconds, which blew my mind because nothing is written down. And I just open my channel and would do the guided meditation and then end when it felt like it was time to end. And every time I would hit stop and I would grab the recording and start the editing process and then finish and save the mix down and go to upload it. I'm like 1528 every time, which is just proof that it is fully channeled and you are experiencing the energy and frequency and messages of the 9D. And it's just my vocal cords that they chose. That's really the only credit that I can take for creating them. The music that I use, as soon as I heard it, I was like, yep, that's that's the music. So it's always the same music with my meditations because the frequency of that song is so perfectly matched to the frequency that's being channeled through me with the meditations. So thanks 9D. Yeah, they're really they're really fun to record. And then I even listen to them and I don't listen to much of anything of my own. But for some reason, those guided meditations are so good. Not of this realm. Yeah, just wild, honestly. So I want to go like way back here mm-hmm. to like Ariel from, I guess, the beginning of all of this. So young adult Ariel, or whenever you realized there was something different about you that you wanted to explore. Mm, that's really little Ariel. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's different ages for everybody. How about how old were you when you were like, hmm, I think I'm different? I mean, I remember being in kindergarten and adults would constantly vent to me and I would hold space. I would walk up to people crying, being like, why are you crying? It's interesting because my daughter at 14 months is far more advanced psychically, intuitively, energetically than even I was, which is blowing my mind a little bit. But I'm also like, okay, you chose me to be your mom so that I can help guide you and develop these gifts that you have. I was a very intuitive child. I was called an old soul all the time. Never had many friends my age or friends in general. I always just wanted to be writing or reading books or singing, playing outside or with the adults. Just the kid things just were not my jam. And 
dreams were always very vivid, but I always just had this. I remember in particular, I grew up in Connecticut and I was on the train going into New York City with my mom for my birthday one year. I always had journals with me. And I just remember being on the train and looking at different strangers and writing all these stories about the stranger. There was this man who had a bouquet of flowers and I had this whole, like, this is where he's going. These are who the flowers are for. Like, I always just wanted to know people's stories. And I was always very socially awkward and insecure for a very long time. I'm an introvert at heart, but I'm learning that all of those things are gifts if you look at them in the right way. So yeah, kindergarten, I guess, would be the earliest age that I remember. And then I have chunks of my childhood where I have no memory of anything. And those are the chunks that I'm piecing together as I continue to grow in this lifetime. You basically just described me as a kid too. Mm-hmm. I was definitely like friends with my friends' parents more than I was friends with my friends. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And I could just like sit on the couch and read books all day long and yep. just, yeah. Were your parents people who fostered that or did they not understand? I don't have a relationship with my biological father. I grew up with my mom and her husband at the time. Not the best dynamic. My mom did the best she could. She was lost and felt stuck. And it's actually cool now because my mom is healing those parts of herself and we're realizing her intuitive, empathic, psychic abilities. And it makes sense as to why I chose her to be my mom in the sense that when I'm mothering Yara, I already have awakened all of that. So I'm able to say not there's nothing there. What are you looking at? I'm able to say, Yara, I don't see what's there, but you see something. She constantly sees spirits and orbs and all sorts of things. So my relationship with my mom now is really me guiding her and letting her know it's safe to open these things. It's safe to be who she is. She too felt sort of like the black sheep in her family. We have that in common. So I wouldn't say that it was fostered, but it also was never, you know, my mom never said you're weird or you're not seeing those things or you're not feeling that way. But she also didn't know what was going on with me at the time. I hated going to the mall as a kid, and that was always a source of fighting because she was like, so many kids would love to go to the mall. Like, this is a special thing that I'm offering to take you to the mall. And now that I understand how I am, I'm like, oh, that was too overwhelming for my energetic well-being. So... I didn't know to put tea tree on my forearms and do a mantra before I'm in public spaces. I didn't know energetic protection. So it wasn't fostered, but it also wasn't really understood. And that's of not her fault. And it's cool to sort of look back at my childhood and have things click for both of us now. But also as things click and make sense for me, watching her be able to also apply it to her own life and be like, oh, is that why I feel this certain way? Or is that why I'll call you sometimes and say, are you not feeling well? And she knows, and yes, it's a mother-daughter connection, but she's also a physical empath. So she can watch a movie where someone gets stabbed or a UFC fight or someone does an arm bar and their elbow snaps and her elbow hurts and it's real because that's how she's an empath. So we all choose our parents, even the ones where you're like, come on, really? I could have chosen different and had a totally different experience, but I've really forgiven myself and forgiven my biological father and my mom and just everyone in my life because it all served a purpose 
And it's just a matter of sort of honoring that and recognizing it. Even the parts where you're like, that was abuse, Mm -hmm. that those are hard things to sort of recognize that you chose in a sense, but it's all sort of part of my soul contract and allowed me to gain different wisdom and insight and healing that I hold today. So that's an interesting healing journey. Mm -hmm. But if you're starting to open up or you're starting to question why you feel certain things or what you're hearing or what you're sensing, I definitely think inner child work is a huge component to that in recognizing when it turned off. All children are extremely psychic, extremely intuitive. And the 3D realm really encourages a dissonance with that and the shutdown of that. So the children that are coming onto this earth, as Emily talks about a ton in her spirit baby stuff, are coming down with additional energy centers that we don't have, additional psychic abilities, and they really will be the teachers for the past generations too, to start raising their frequency and opening up as we move into the new paradigm. As a new mom, how are you really like helping alongside your daughter's experience? So she knows how to project images through her third eye already. I saw a picture. Uh, I I thought she was eye rolling, but when she wants something and I'm not understanding, she speaks, she has probably like a 40 word vocabulary. So she can't say, mama, I want so-and-so, but she'll walk up to me and hand me something and then do what I call the eye roll where she sort of looks in between her eyebrows. And it's very dramatic. It's very obvious that she's doing it. And it wasn't until I was meditating with Emily the other day that Yara did that. And she's like, oh, is she holding something that can spin? And I looked and I'm like, actually, yeah, a piece of it does spin. She's like, yeah, she's projecting in her third eye to me that she wants you to spin it for her. So I showed her how to spin it. Happiest kid on the planet walked away. She said, thank you. And that was her thing. So she were doing different things of that nature. Anytime that I'm feeling anxious during the day and I'm grounding down, in a specific way that works for me, I'll do it with her sitting on my lap so that she's sort of aware and feels it in my energy. If I cry, she cries. I mean, we're very, very connected in an energetic sense, but she also has meditated with me every day since she was about five months old. So it's now to this point where I say, do you want to go meditate? And with Kundalini meditation, there's a specific mantra that you start with, which is Ong Namo Gurudev Namo. And if I say meditate or sit on my meditation cushion, or she sees my meditation cushion, she puts her hands together and goes, Ongamo. Often days, (laughs) she is the one that gets me to meditate. Because I'm like, I don't have time for this, but you're sitting on my meditation cushion, so you also need it. You need me to clear my energy because they're really mirrors of your own nervous system. So if she's really fussy during the day, it's never, oh, what's wrong with you? It's like a, okay, Ariel, what are you projecting onto her? go clear it out. And then suddenly the harmony in the house sort of balances again. Mm -hmm. That's a good reflection. So just teaching her to understand her energy. We hug trees. We hold hands with the tree branches. We ground every day. And when she's looking at something up in the corner of a room and having a full-blown conversation, I just sit with her and say, what do you see? What's out there? What's over there? Who is it? Sometimes to get her to go for a nap, I'll say, do you want to go hang out with spirits and you can astral travel, but you have to fall asleep first and she'll pass right out and take a nap. So just really normalizing the language and the acknowledgement of, of energy is important. That's amazing. I wish I was like similar with you where it wasn't necessarily that it, that it was fostered, but it also wasn't poo-pooed 
you know, oh, that's mm-hmm. not happening because I definitely saw spirits when I was younger. And instead of questioning, but in a a way of like, tell me more, like that kind of way, it was just like, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> yeah. Sure, it probably Sam. made them feel uncomfortable, exactly. you know, yeah, because of whenever their own gifts shut off. But I think, yeah, just letting them, giving them space to be whoever they are and encouraging them not to shut it down. Imaginary friends could be spirits. Just encourage it, cultivate it. Amazing. Did you ever have a time period as you got older where you felt like your gifts went away? Yes. How did you navigate that? Well, I was very heavily in the throes of an eating disorder, very heavily depressed in a relationship that was abusive and in no way healthy for me. And that's actually the tail end of that is when I met Mike. I got pretty heavy into religion, man-made religion, Baptist church stuff, which definitely was a core part of who I was dating at the time. Essentially, his parents were kind of like, you can date my son, but like, except Jesus. And if Jesus comes down one day and we all go to heaven, you're just going to be here by yourself. And that's scary. And It was sort of like a culty brainwashy situation in my life. I cut off all ties with my family and I was just lost. I was lost for a really long time, probably from age seven, really until like 22. And I was constantly searching for something. And I didn't know if it was because my biological dad wasn't around. I didn't know if it was because of different traumatic experiences that had happened to me, but I always felt like there was something missing and I couldn't really pinpoint it. Now I know it was the core of who I am is what was missing. But one of the first things that we did, I was performing at like a youth church singing thing. And he asked me what I was doing. And I said that this is what I'm doing. And he's like, what's the address? And I'm like, you're not, you don't want to come. It's like high school kids worshiping Jesus. This is a weird thing for you to come to. He's like, no, I need, I need to come. So he came and he was standing there in a crowd full of high school students. And I was singing modern worship music, playing my guitar. I really just wanted a place to perform truthfully, which sounds really bad, but that's, I was like, oh, it's a singing gig. And after that night, we talked for a really long time in the parking lot. And I just felt like, who am I? None of this feels like me. I had to get rid of my Buddha statues and my incense and yoga wasn't allowed and all of these spiritual tools that I had intuitively sort of navigated towards were ripped away from me for seven years. And it wasn't until I left all of that and really until moving to Colorado because the people in the church were stalking me at Starbucks and it was it was just really bad saying that I went into the darkness. I still have people on Instagram, not from that time in my life, but from different churches that will message me saying, I'm praying for you. I'm praying that you trade in the new age spirituality for a cross one day. And I'm like, I actually started there and, but whatever. And it wasn't until a couple of years later that Mike was telling his family the story of that time when he came to that event. And he said it so perfectly. He was like, you were up there and I was looking at you and I knew I loved you, but I also knew that that wasn't you. And I just wanted to help bring the real you out. And after eight years of being together, this is now the real me. And as scary as it is to fully embrace it, because there is that shame cycle that's still in my mind. Equally, it feels really, really fucking cool to just be who I am. I have days that are heavy, but it's not the same. I don't want to be here anymore. There's something wrong with me. I'm broken energy that I lived in for a really long time. 
I'm like, <laughs> my eyes <laughs> tearing up a little bit to that. Well, I'm really happy. I think we all go through moments or chapters, or sometimes it feels like a whole book of just heaviness. And I think a lot of it does come from like us just really trying to find ourselves. I know for me, when I quote unquote lost my gifts, it was because I was trying so hard to be liked by so many Mm -hmm. that the real me was like, hey, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna step out for a bit. I'll catch up with you later. You got, you got some shit to figure out. So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna hang over here. Yeah. It's never about finding yourself. I call it a remembrance. So over the past year, I've remembered who I am. And what that feels like is every cell in your body suddenly coming online and you being able to deepen your breath that you take and you being able to appreciate all the seasons in nature and seeing colors more vibrantly and just feeling. I always would say, I love you to people or thank you to people or I'm so grateful to people or I'm happy to people, but I never really felt it. I just knew like, this is what you say. And it really wasn't until 2020 and now into 2021 and I'm still working on it that I allowed myself to feel those things. And the ability to do so only came from remembering who I am. It's just this soul resonance that you'll know when you feel it. Like people say that, you know, you love someone when you just know that it's right and you feel like it's right. Yes. But that's what like the soul remembrance feels like. That's what coming home to yourself feels like where you can say to the Sam that peaced out because no one held space for you or understood you or wanted you around. Like, okay, you can come back now. It's safe now to do this. And then that moment of like that Sam and all the other Sam's coming together as one online is like, oh, this is what it feels like to be alive. And I think everyone has the ability to wake up if you want to call it or remember as I'm referring to it, but you have to carve out time to quiet all of the bullshit, not focus on being liked, not focus on your following, not focus on what your family even will think of you and just do it. Because when you feel aligned in your own being, the level of peace that that brings far outweighs being liked by anyone external. You still have moments where you're like, I'm just going to actually put those words back in my mouth and hit delete on that post. Or you don't have to talk to me again. If you think I'm weird, you're human, you have an ego and that just happens. But after living from age five, seven until last year, feeling the darkness that I felt just like a functioning depressed person, like being awake is way better. It's hard, but it's better. So many people after hearing this are just, well, they're definitely going to get your meditations, everyone, (laughs) but they're going to want to know how to work with you because you have this vibrancy in the energy that you give out that I don't even think you fully realize, truthfully. It's just, it's beautiful. And I'm so grateful that the world and universe and everything else has brought me into your aura and us together because just like seeing your journey when I didn't know anything about it and now when I know more about it, you're just incredible. Truthfully, you're an incredible human. Thank you. Yeah. And I would love for you to let people know how they can work with you, be mentored by you, guided, however you prefer to call it, because I think everyone should. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. How to work with me. So since having Yara and 
juggling multiple jobs in addition to my business. I have moved away from one-on-one work at this time in terms of live one-on-one energy healing sessions, things of that nature. So the best ways to work with me right now so that I can be fully present as a mom and also take care of myself are two things. One, I have cosmic advisory opportunities and you can buy that in different packages on my website. There's everything from weekend slots to one week, two weeks, six months, anything in between where we use an app called Telegram and you have access to me to guide you through the big moments in life, the little moments of panic, bringing your gifts online, starting to astral travel and feeling disoriented, all sorts of things in that nature. So that would be the first way to work with me. And you have me seven days a week to respond while recognizing, like I said, that I'm a mom. So my messages back to you are not always instant. That's a boundary thing I'm working on, which if you didn't listen to Sam's solo episode, you should go listen to that because she talks about those. So cosmic advisory sessions. And then I also have something that I thought was going to be just a 30-day program, but Spirit is definitely telling me that I'm rolling it into a membership. So it's called Cosmic Immersion. And it's something that I'm going to be offering on a monthly basis with a three-month commitment minimum. And I am loving it. I record trance video channeled messages daily and upload them via Teachable and a private portal for you. We also do one card pull a week. So that's going to be a really cool thing provided I don't stand in the way of that. So Cosmic Immersion, you can still join for June because when you join, you have access to everything that started effective June 1st. So you'll just have a couple weeks of content to binge watch if you'd like. So those would be the two biggest things. And then in the fall, I'm going to open up my program Emergence again for a very small group of women to step into their truest essence, highest power, and listen to their inner wise woman, bring her up front, let the inner child know that they're safe, but can take a back seat. So that will be coming in the fall. So those are the three main ways to work with me. And then I do offer ACHF energy healing sessions in a group setting once a month. So that's how you can work with me at this time. And then the meditations, which are $1.99 super affordable, take it with you wherever you go. That's sort of my gift to everyone. They, I'm part of the cosmic immersion. And it is honestly like everything you do is just wonderful. <laughs> like you. It's so cool. And I have been binging it because I moved this week. So I was like, I don't have time for this. And then this morning I woke up and I watched, I think I watched like, uh, I did the card pull on the first two. And then this morning I watched the last three I think so good and they're so spot on like you it's like every time you say something I'm like get out of my brain yeah yeah those it's cosmic immersion is really fun for me too and it's it helps me stay regular and dedicated to my own channeling practice as well Mm -hmm. and oftentimes I hit stop on the recording and I'm like wow that was really powerful and thinking about it ending in 30 days just didn't sit really well so I'm going to continue that and then This isn't an offering right now. It will be coming, but I'm going to begin attuning people to ACHF as well. So I'm still working on the channeled way that that's supposed to look and feel. Uh, So it's coming up the pipeline. But yeah, Cosmic Immersion is your key code to ascension and direct access to everything cosmic. It's, I mean, it's cool. It is. It's very special. 
Okay. I think this might be my last question, but we'll see what this leads into. So you've hinted at this throughout, but you are highly intuitive. You are a channel. You are a mom. You are a solopreneur. You are an employee. You are human. (laughs) There's a Mm -hmm. lot of categories that you fit into. This is two part, I guess. One, how, like, how are you? (laughs) How do you do all of this? And for those who are finding themselves aligned with you and everything that you've been saying, what type of advice do you have for people who are trying to navigate like all of the things? Hmm. I am a constantly moving target, constantly checking in with myself, taking breaths when I can. I'm overwhelmed to put it, I guess, lightly. I would not encourage others to do what I'm doing in the sense of putting all of my energy in so many different areas because it leads to burnout and even just one of those things is a lot for anyone. Being a new mom is a lot of work uh, on very little sleep and it's overwhelming at times. But what I'm remembering is that I always have a choice as to what my reality looks like as to where I'm putting my energy. So the past few months has been a lot of intentionality behind where I'm throwing my energy and how much each aspect gets my energy And ultimately, I hope to be only a mom, be only a solopreneur, be only a channel and slowly eliminate the employee aspect because I recognize that in order for me to maintain a healthy balance in my energy, I have to be the one calling the shots as far as what I'm doing and when and setting boundaries. And when you're an employee, there's very little room for boundaries, especially in the corporate world. My biggest piece of advice would be if you're going to juggle all of it because you want an area of it to change, then every day reminding yourself that that's an empowered choice. So any day where I feel like I don't have time, I'm too overwhelmed. Why is no one understanding? I'm just one person. I have to take a pause and say, okay, Ariel, you're choosing every single part of this right now so that your life can be different in a couple of months. So stay in the energy of empowerment, stay mindful of your energy and try as best to carve out time for yourself. That can be a hard thing to do, mm-hmm. staying in the energy of empowerment. Because I know I struggle with that big time. Yeah, it's it's a constant dance between victim consciousness and empowerment. But the more empowered you are, and I'm not sure if Lori Ladd or Phil Good said this, but when you're in a part of your life, a season of your life that you want to change, relationship, job, etc., and you want it to be different, you get exited out of that matrix quicker. If you are constantly showing up to that matrix saying, I'm choosing this, I'm choosing this, I'm choosing this, I'm choosing this, because then spirit's going to be like, what the fuck are you choosing that for? And then what you've learned there is over and you get exited out. So I'm just sitting back and waiting for my exit moment to arrive. And in the meantime, time bending, Christina, the channel's good at showing you how to do that. I'm constantly like, okay, guides, I have seven shows to edit, a full day of work, Yara, and one-on-one clients. So I need some extra time added into my day, please. And somehow at the end of the day, I go to bed at 11 o'clock at night and I'm like, wow, I did everything. So time bending is real. Mm -hmm. Time is a construct and just manipulate it as needed. Completely. And that's a whole other topic that we could dive into on another day. I feel like you're absolutely going to come back on this podcast and share more about all of the things happening in your life and that you do and that you're gaining knowledge and experience so much like every single day, I feel like. So I can't wait to have you back on. 
Where can people find you? And is there anything that you feel you like to share or offer the audience before we say goodbye? Yeah. So where to find me? I am on Instagram. And then my website is Ariel Corey Co. A-R-I-E-L-L-E-C-O-R-E-E-C-O.com. And we'll link that down in the show notes. I also have a podcast called The Cosmic Channel which has taken a backseat in terms of all the other things that I have energetic commitments towards. So definitely website and Instagram would be the best place to contact me. And then as far as what to share, just for all of the solopreneurs, embrace your truest essence. And if you need help figuring out what the hell that is, then let me know. Work with a coach in particular, aka Sam. And just get really clear on what it is you want in life because you get to create your reality. So if you're not happy with your reality, change it. Beautifully said. Oh my gosh. This was awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to sit with us and just share more about you and let us all learn and listen. I appreciate you so, so much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. And I'm excited to return one day soon. Yay. Yeah.